0: Hello, this is Dr. Deborah, the Renaissance Doctor, and today we're going to be talking about Sanctuary for Sanity's Sake. Now that the hustle and bustle of the holidays is settling down, you may think you won't be as stressed as before, but before long, the stressors of life, lack of sunlight, or the coldness of winter will set in and you'll find yourself wondering what to do with yourself. We all need to unplug, even when life is going relatively well. The idea of sanctuary is to dedicate time and space for personal, spiritual, mental, and emotional recharging. A sanctuary in its original meaning is a sacred space. And more recently, its meaning has morphed into modern-day safe spaces. Either way, it is a space dedicated to your personal health and well-being. I often prescribe creating a personal sanctuary for my patients who are overworked, overwhelmed, are in a troubled family or a strained relationship, are over caring for others, or simply can't get enough time away to a setting that would provide the refuge that they need. Having your own personal sanctuary is like taking yourself on a mini retreat, except it's right in the convenience of your own home. So I'm going to walk you through all of the senses that are taken into account when setting up your sanctuary. The first is visual. The first step in creating your sanctuary is to select your space. It should be out of the main foot traffic area of others and not in a cluttered environment. It could be in the corner of a room. It could be a spare bedroom, a closet, part of the attic or part of the basement. You can use floor plants to create a wall around you or merely have a folded blanket that you set down and remove as you want to use your space. The space itself becomes one of the most important ingredients in this stress-free cake that we're baking. And if we can't find space inside, well then we start looking outside. In 2016, Catherine Roster and her colleagues from the University of New Mexico examined how clutter affects your perception of home and ultimately feelings of pleasure or satisfaction with life. To quote their conclusions, clutter is often an insidious and seemingly harmless outgrowth of people's natural desire to appropriate their personal space with possessions. When clutter becomes excessive, it can threaten to physically and psychologically entrap a person in a dysfunctional home environment which contributes to personal distress and feelings of displacement and alienation. In several other studies, clutter has been associated as a trigger for unhealthy eating patterns, poor mental health, less efficient visual processing and less efficient thinking. So if I ask you to go home and start creating a sanctuary for yourself, but when you walk in the door, all you see is clutter, you may never get started on this project. For example, I asked a patient of mine to go home and set up sanctuary, and when she came back for her follow-up visit, she said she had no room in the house to do it. With further conversation, it turned out that she had a whole spare bedroom that wasn't being used, except for holding a bunch of things that could have been moved to the attic or the basement. Her best first step was to just clear away part of one wall, starting with a small table and a chair. Once the clearing began and she participated in her sanctuary, she gathered the strength and determination to continue clearing the space for her sanctuary to be complete. It is recommended to spend just five minutes a day dedicated to clearing any bit of clutter to chip away at it rather than to wait for a big chunk of time that may never happen or may seem overwhelming. Each time you enter your sanctuary space, your body already knows how to relax, arrive, and settle in, because you prepared it especially for yourself and it has been a positive experience so far. This same phenomena can be applied to workout areas in the home as well. First declutter, as in your equipment is not a clothes rack, spruce up the area by using a wine rack for example to hold bottles of water and rolled up towels. You can hang inexpensive tapestries to cover unsightly pipes and wires in the ceiling. Put on some music and you're off and running. The colors of the room also matter. There have been studies on color therapy, which ones would alleviate stress and the top contender are pale shades of blue. Blues that mimic the sky or bodies of water are also particularly helpful. A light pale pink is also soothing and tranquil and can use, be used as an accent piece in many different ways. The third contender is white. It's clean and it helps aid clarity and the feeling of freshness. You could incorporate all three as your sacred space allows. So now that you have your physical space pretty well laid out, now we focus on sound. Or more importantly, quiet. Peace and quiet. Is there noise from the road? Is there a train in your neighborhood? Are you near the laundry room, a hallway, the family room? Have you already had the thought that you will have to wait until a certain time of the day for it to be quiet the way you want? I often tell working moms of little ones to get up as early as they can and beat them to the punch for quiet time in the morning. For parents that stay at home, Use nap time for your sanctuary time, or especially just time when the kids are away at school in general. You can set one or two goals in mind for your sanctuary regarding sound. The first is to have it completely quiet. Difficult? Yes, you could go to the elaborate measures of creating a soundproof room, somewhat of a recording studio. But normally instead, it's one that is enhanced by the sounds of nature or music. I find that a variety of settings produce a profound relaxing effect such as the quietness of a large church where the acoustics are appreciated, or the early morning stillness when the birds are just waking, or by the ocean with the waves and the gulls in the background, or near a waterfall that creates a steady stream of white noise. For an indoor sanctuary, you can use music, solar chimes, a sound machine that replicates the shore or the woods or crickets at night, or a water feature for the sound and effect of running water. If you are going to use chimes, try to find a set that is tuned because they resonate melodically on our ears like music rather than just random clashing noises. Pleasant sounds have a relaxing and restorative effect on the nervous system in contrast to noise which can have a damaging effect on our mind and our body. Studies have shown that excessive or unnecessary noise causes feelings of annoyance, disturbs sleep, and impairs cognitive function. Noise has ever been associated with triggering the fight-or-flight response, increasing arterial hypertension, and risk of myocardial infarction and strokes. Nighttime noise, in particular, disrupts the sleep cycle, causing increased blood pressure and heart rate, increases stress hormone and oxidative stress, which in turn affects the health of the arteries and hypertension in general. So, not only do we want to create the right sound effects for our sanctuary, we want to create noise mitigation during the day and night for our physical and mental health and well being. The softest sound that the healthy ear can hear is zero decibels, which is near total silence. By comparison, a whisper measures 30 decibels, and normal conversation measures 60 decibels. Prolonged exposure to noises that are at or above 85 decibels can damage tiny hair sensors in the inner ears, causing neurological hearing loss. I used to conduct audiological testing as part of my job as an occupational health nurse. And all too often, workers either did not have the proper ear protection or didn't want to wear it for one reason or another. Their permanent hearing loss was significant. But what they did not realize is along the way, their body was suffering in other ways as well. I personally became all too aware of noise causing ill effects after suffering from a severe concussion a few years ago. While I was laying in bed recovering, even the neighbor's truck idling next door felt like hammers in my head. I started using an app to measure noise decibels in real time just to help gain perspective as to whether or not the noise was really as bad as it felt. The, the pain in my head or in my body would start to be measured around 40, which is still below the normal conversation decibel of 60. So for those of you who are noise sensitive or are overexposed to noise already, you may find that the quiet sanctuary model with maybe a little water fountain is enough noise for you to be able to relax comfortably. So whatever suits you best, if you need to put chimes and music, and a water fountain or have utter complete silence, the less stress is the most important feature of using sound. On to our nose. What do we smell and how to use aromatherapy? Well, apparently our emotions and smell are pretty hardwired in the brain. And scientists from the University of Wisconsin-Madison have found the greatest stress, the greater the stress, the more likely you are to perceive smells as unpleasant. Brain imaging has confirmed that high levels of anxiety can rewire the brain showing the relationship of emotions to the sense of smell. So we can use this science for our benefit and the use of aromatherapy oils can provide relaxation and anxiety relief in a subtle yet strong way, easily used by inhaling straight from the bottle Applying topically or diffusing with an aromatherapy diffuser. I recommend always using organic first or sustainably wild harvested plant essential oils and never the synthetic ones or ones that say fragrance. Our body can benefit from real oil, but not from the contaminants of artificial oils. So lavender, of course, gets all the stage to itself. The flower of the cake, so to speak. We all benefit from lavender. But some people don't like the smell of lavender, and some people are allergic to lavender. So we don't have to rely on just that. There are other oils that have their place in this compadre of vapor medicine, such as basil, chamomile, langlang, bergamot, jasmine, and rose, just to name a few. I prescribe aromatherapy blends based on individual assessment, and I have a few pre-made blends that I'm fond of as well. If I want to prescribe an aromatherapy blend, I have to take into account that some people can't relax because they're overthinking, others from grief, others from muscle tension, and a variety of other reasons. And we need to tailor fit the blend to fit the person. In addition to using pleasant, relaxing aromatherapy, we need to make sure you are not exposing yourself to any unseen fumes um, or, or toxic fumes that can potentially hurt you. So laundry fragrances such as fabric softeners and dryer sheets, cat litter boxes, either the ammonia of the urine or the artificial fragrances that are in the litter, fumes from the furnace, and the like are are fumes to be avoided at all costs. So we want your sanctuary to be non-toxic and most beneficial for you. So now we'll move on to tactile. So the, the sense of touch If you can imagine a soft, warm blanket with um, big fuzzy pom-poms on it, that's one of the things I have. I often recommend using palm stones. They can be made of glass, stone, or crystal, and some of them have inspirational words written on them, which is helpful as well. You can also benefit from Chinese medicine chiming balls that you practice swirling around the palm of your hand until you can seamlessly make them move around, and you'll get the benefit of the feel and the sound of the chimes. Acupressure rings are also used to stimulate the acupuncture meridians on each finger of the hand. You can also use Shiatsu massage tools such as chair pads or neck devices to help with muscle relaxation. I am fortunate enough to have a full-size array of sound bowls and tuning forks as part of my sound and tactile objects that I use in my sanctuary. You can also utilize little prayer booklets self-care decks of cards, angel cards, poetry books, journaling, and the like. Saying the rosary or using prayer beads is an effective way of getting your mind into a meditative state with the help of something tactile and predictable with practice combined with repetitive words that are uplifting and spiritual for the soul. Other pleasantries that we can include would be a salt lamp to correct the ions of the room, And my other favorites are just a variety of textiles, cushions, folded up blankets, fake pieces of fur, and other textiles that make you feel warm and cozy. So as simple as you do it, or as elaborate as you do it, you have yourself a sanctuary. So now what do you do? Well, ideally, you've turned off your phone, or at least put it on airplane mode. Ideally, you've left it out of the room entirely. If there is a door on the room, put up a do not disturb sign and stick to your message. Answer no one and no one comes in. You are not only trying to establish a healthy routine for yourself, but you are training the family to give you the space that you have declared that you need and you deserve it. There is a commercial out now with a woman who's sitting in a tub and the husband is working on getting the kids to bed and he's coming into the bathroom trying to get her help when everyone's whirling around her as she just keeps soaking in her bubble bath with her eyes closed. You can do this. You can just sit, read, write, breathe, do guided meditation, lay on the floor, vocalize a mantra, or listen to chanting. No matter what, once you are in that room, give yourself the time and and the nourishment that you need. I also use something called a spunk mat. It's an acupressure spike mat That you can lay on and it treats the acupuncture meridians on your back. Or it could be this simple. A folded up towel, a little candle, and a cup of tea. Basically, sitting still, being quiet, breathing, and being reflective. That is the simplicity of sanctuary. And as you go about your busy day, perhaps you're listening to this on your commute into work. Or commute home you can recreate sanctuary in many other variations for example you can add some of these elements to your car that you would sit in the car on your lunch break or maybe a few minutes before you leave and just let yourself feel the peace and the quiet and the stillness that you've aimed for in your sanctuary room you can also do the same in your workspace if you have a cubby or you have your own office Just one or two elements added to your workplace. You can shut the door or put your headphones on on your lunch break and listen to a meditation, but basically the stillness and the quietness and the breathing and something positive will help you get your mind and your body and your physical nature into a non-stressed state. And just remember, clutter is the enemy. So once you walk into your office or you walk into your house or you walk into your bedroom, one by one, five minutes a day, chip away at that clutter. It's affecting you mentally and emotionally, and your body simply can't rest when it sees it. I hope this has been helpful. This is Dr. Deborah, and thank you for listening.